All right, guys, so I want you guys to help me out today, being that I'm running solo. Um, man, I want you guys to carry the discussion with me. Uh, share with me your thoughts, your ideas. Again, we're going to be talking about worship. And I think that in the churches, we this is probably one of the topics that we get wrong more so than almost any. And it's simply because we make worship about us. Uh, we, we, man, we, we treat worship like it's a genre, right? So we have country music, we got hip hop, we got R&B, and we got worship music. And it's on everybody's playlist. And we treat worship as if it was just music. We treat worship as if it was just something we get together and we get to sing together corporately on Sundays. But how many of you know you could sing worship songs and be miles away from God? That's the truth. You could, man, you could sing your heart out. You could cry your eyes out and be miles and miles away from God. You see, in order for us to worship right, the Bible actually shows us what true worship is and what worship is not. James uh, chapter 1, verse 27 says this, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this. It's to visit the orphans, the widows, and their afflictions, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Jesus goes further, uh, and he goes in Matthew 25, 34, and he says this to us, for when I was hungry and you gave me something to eat, when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And he said, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these, you have done for me. You see, Romans 12 is true for us that uh, we are living sacrifices for God. See, true worship is not what we sing. Worship is not something we do. Worship is how we live our lives. Worship is who God called us to be. Worship is an identity. We are worshipers of God. And what true worship is, it means our bodies are literally living sacrifices, as Romans says, holy and pleasing to God. This is true and proper worship. It's when we make God not number one in our lives, as if God wanted to be number one in a long line of many. It's when we make God the only thing in our lives. And we understand that everything that we have that is good is a gift from God to be enjoyed, never to replace God. And sometimes we can even idolize what we experience in church and we replace it with the God of the universe. True worship is a life sacrifice, not a song that was sung. True worship is, is not me listening to my playlist. True worship is feeding the hungry, uh, uh, investing my time, my finances into uh, ending human trafficking. True worship is what we give, not what we do. What do we give? And I don't mean financial investment alone. Certainly that's part of it, right? Where your money is, so is your heart. But it's what I give out of my life. When you guys are in need and you reach out and you're like, pastor, can you pray for me? Yo, I'm there. Why am I there? Yes, I love you. But I'm there because I love God. I'm there because it's worship. When, when someone passes away and, and I do a visit, or maybe you visit with someone who's sick or has passed away, you visit with the family. Why do you do that? Certainly it's because you love them, but more importantly, it's because it's worship. You, you see, it's so easy for us as believers or as human beings to love those who love us back, right? Scripture says, right? Even, even the non-righteous do that. It's easy to love lovable people. But how many of you serve the unlovable? How many of you serve people that make you sick? How many of you 
would go and help a total stranger. Well, when we do those things, that's worship. See, that's, that's a living sacrifice. What it means to sacrifice is to give it all. What it means to sacrifice is to give my heart, to give my attention, to give everything over to God. And in that is worship. You know, and it reminds me of Mary uh, in John chapter 12. She poured perfume over Jesus's body. We talked about it this last Sunday in our message series, The Bridge. You guys need to tune into that. It's an awesome message series, um, but we'll talk more about that later. So she pours uh, perfume, really expensive perfume on Jesus and preparing him for burial. And it was worth more than a year's wage. And the apostles became angry at her. They became indignant and frustrated. And they criticized her for worshiping God. And she gave everything they had, uh, she had, and they criticized her for it. And you see, the thing is, what we have to realize is a heart of worship also uh, often is a response from where you've been. See, a heart of worship is often a response from where Jesus met you. You see, in order to understand her heart in chapter 12 and why she was willing to give so much, everything she had, you, you got to go back to John 11. You see, the answer to John chapter 12 is in John chapter 11. John chapter 11, she was the sister of Lazarus. Lazarus passed away. She was literally in the worst day of her life. She wasn't on the mountaintop. She was deep in a valley, grieving the loss of a loved one, asking for a savior to come in. And boy, did he come in. That savior came in. And he gave her what she requested, her brother back. He rose Lazarus, as you guys know the story. He rose him from the dead. And in that moment, I think Mary learned something. In my despair, Jesus was there. In my hope, he was my hope and he showed up. In my need, he showed up. Like Jesus is there for you on your mountaintop and in your deepest, darkest moments. So how do we respond to Jesus in faith? We become living sacrifices to God. And that's what she did. She said, yeah, this might be a year's wage, but money comes and goes. This is of no value to me because I am in the presence of someone who is of greater value. You see, she got something in that moment that the apostles didn't, but it's because of the depth of her pain. You see, she understood what was required of her because she knew what it was like to get saved on her deepest, darkest day. And if you've ever lost a loved one, you know exactly, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's that moment and when you meet Jesus in your deepest, darkest pain, it's in that moment that he becomes real to you and something clicks, you get something and you realize what worship really is. Jesus gave it all. And in response, we give it all. Let me encourage you, church, no matter how good music is, no matter what church you sit in, whether it's Fusion Church or any other, a lot of what we experience in worship, the songs is the hype. Do not get lost in the lights don't get lost in the smoke machines. Don't get lost in the shouting and the hollering and the crying out in tongues and other people who are just crying out to God and it's loud and it's exciting and it feels like a concert and we walk away after church celebrating, wow, what a great experience. And yet there's people in that worship moment that are miles away from God. You see, don't get caught up in that. What real worship is is what happens after that. What do we do from Sunday to Sunday? What, what, what's in that gap? Are, are we speaking bad about people? Are we shouting people out and blowing up their spots on Facebook and Instagram and whatever your social media platform is? Are we 
watching nonsense, things we shouldn't watch, things we shouldn't fill our head in? Or are we looking for opportunities to serve? Are we looking for opportunities to go deep? Are we looking for opportunities to give it all, to be the living sacrifices God has called us to be? And the truth is, church, we can't do it in our own strength. So don't get caught up in the excitement of singing together in church. What we should get caught up in is acts of service, acts of kindness, being Jesus's bride. And you know what his bride is? It's the light of the world. It's the, uh, man, it's a lamp on a hill. It's the salt of the earth. It's Jesus's response to the needs of the world was sending his church was sending his church. Do you realize you are an answer to somebody's prayers? You are an answer to somebody's hope. You are the bringer of the good news, whether in word or action. And scripture's very clear. Worship is not word, but action, right? In the book of James, we see, you say you have faith, but I show you my faith by action, by what I do. You see, there can't just be words and no action, that, they're, that both have to be able to be there. See, in order to be true worshipers, we got to not just talk the talk, we got to walk the walk. You see, somehow what's true in this book, what's true in the word of God has to become real and relevant in our lives. It has to go from our head and through our heart and out of our hands. And it's only in that that we realize that we are children of God bearing good fruit. You see, faith always bears the fruit of worship. Worship always bears the fruit of action, of behaviors, of meeting the needs of those that are in your lives and those in this world. Church, now is a time in the middle of a crazy stinking pandemic to rise up and be the answer to what the world needs. What the world needs is hope. You see, and as our society becomes more and more secular, they actually, people will walk away from God and relegate the action and responsibility to the church, to government. Let's understand this. Sometimes we misunderstand scripture and misapply it. And we say things like, oh, don't we see in the book that we're supposed to be socialists? No, that's not true. We look at Acts 2 and 4, and they shared their possessions, the church, not the government, and they gave to everyone in need. What that means is people in need are not supposed to get a handout from their savior, Uncle Sam, the government. They're supposed to get their need met from the church. You see, but as the church moves to become more and more secular and the church stops worshiping, as the church stops worshiping, we stop meeting needs. As needs go unmet here, the secular world will start to uh, relegate the responsibilities of the church to a government and now find their needs being met in a government. Some of us call those incentives. But reality, church, it's not about enabling people or bad behavior. What it's about is loving the government people will never be able to love as the church is called to love. They're never going to be able to serve as the church is meant to serve. Guys, that's what worship is. So church, I just want to invite you. I want to invite you to worship with me. I want to invite you to worship God, not just in word, but in action. Your, your faith will grow when you say yes to Jesus. And we have to say yes upon yes uh, every moment. And you know what? Worship is sacrifice. It's hard. You cannot do it in your own strength. You and I need the power of the Holy Spirit to do that which God has called us to do. hope you enjoyed our podcast. We have a new message that comes out every week. You can click the link in the description below to follow us on Facebook or Instagram, or jump onto our website at fusionchurchny.com for more information. We would like you to be a part of what God is doing at Fusion Church, so please subscribe to our podcast and share it on social media. Make sure you tag us. We want to get to know you and feel free to rate us and leave a review.